most songwriters are blind to blank in the beginning. I'd love to jump into that, man. Hey, everybody, it's Marty Dodson. I'm here with Clay Mills. Yeah, man. We've got a topic for you today that Clay has never heard. I'm going to spring it on him and uh, just let him be like spontaneously brilliant. So, Clay, <laughs> my topic for the day is I want to talk about what you would fill in to this sentence. Like, Most songwriters are blind to blank in the beginning. And I can give you some examples if you want me to start it off. Um, no, I, I, I'd love to jump into that. Man. Okay. Dive in. <laughs> Most songwriters, I think, are blind to how much work their, their writing needs. I think they don't realize, a great songwriter told me early on, you know, write a couple hundred songs and then come back and show me what you got. And I think that they don't realize... Because in the beginning, it's so new to you and, and you put your heart and soul into it 99.99999% of the time, you're going to look at those songs, two or 300 songs later and go, oh man, I'm a much better writer now than, than that. So yeah. I think being overconfident um, and, and thinking the songs are much better than they are. I mean, I, I want people to write with confidence, but at the same time, don't get discouraged that it's going to take you a while to become a great songwriter. You know, your first song, usually your first 10 songs are not going to be the ones that stop the world and make everyone start listening. Yeah, and it's real easy because when we, when we start writing songs, we play them for family and for friends and... Mm -hmm you know, maybe they're not songwriters and to them, it's really great. You know, it's, it's better than any, anything they could do. And so they give you right. this feedback, you know, like, you know, you need to move to Nashville or LA or New York. And that's not an accurate reading. So yeah, the, the first thing on my list was most of us in the beginning, and this was certainly true for me, are blind to the, the actual quality of our songs. We, we really have a hard time looking at them objectively. We, we feel like that's our baby. We put our, you know, everything into that. So we really have a hard time assessing the, the actual quality of the, the material we have. Um, what, what else do you think songwriters are blind to in the beginning? I think they're blind to how the little subtle techniques of songwriting make huge differences. Um, I know in our master classes, we teach a lot of these little subtle things but, you know, for instance, I, I talk all the time about songs that every line of the verse starts on the downbeat. Every line of the chorus starts on the downbeat. Every line of the bridge starts on the downbeat. It's like, oh, my God, I'm ready just to shoot myself, you know, halfway through the song. It's like, give me some variety. So I think a lot of times these subtle little things that are easy to fix um, – you might happen to nail a couple of songs early on that, you know, that are right. But if you ever get off track and fall into these bad habit ruts, that's where you've got to, to learn as a songwriter. Okay. Now I need to know how to fix these things. And so not paying attention to those little, I mean, words are so powerful and subtle. You know, we search for the right words when we write lyrics, we spend a lot of time making sure every word is the perfect word, every line's yeah. the perfect line. And 
we live in a society right now where everybody's spitting out what they had for breakfast on on Instagram and yeah. you know TikTok. Um, hey, look at me! I'm you know, I'm shaving in the bathroom this morning. Isn't this amazing? I'm the greatest ever. And I think the great songwriters, the people I admire, the Ryan Tedders, um, the Shane McAnally's, the the people that I have worked with and you've worked with over the years. Um, man, we're we're really clued into every little subtle aspect of the lyric um, from and the melody, you know, from from the sound of the vowel sounds. How many inner rhymes do we have? What about the alliteration? You know, all these things play an important part. And I, I think if people spend a little more time on the craft of it, they're going to have a lot more success and they're not just going to look out the first time and then spend the rest of their life figuring out, well, how did I do that? You know? Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And I think too, we're, we're often blind to what those little things even are, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. that's one of the things we need to learn. It's like, what are the, what are the little things I can improve in every song to make it better? So that's great. You know, I think there's, there's one thing um, that I think we're all blind to in the beginning and that is the impact of the music we grew up on, on our writing. Mm -hmm. One of my first publisher used to play this game when he wrote with somebody for the first time at the end of the one, write, He would write down on a piece of paper, the name of an artist. And then he would say to that person, you know, who was your biggest musical influence growing up? And he was like scary accurate on that. He could write <laughs> with you one time and get, you know, probably guess with 75% accuracy what your favorite artist was, you know, and yeah. those things come through in our writing and we just have to be careful. You know, you, you want to take the good things from the music you grew up on and incorporate that into modern contemporary songs, but you don't want to write songs that sound like they're from the seventies or the eighties or whenever you grew up, you know? So hey, Marty, hang, hang on one second, Marty. Um, there's a phone call. Uh, Oh, Marty, 1980 is calling and they want their song back. <laughs> they, they want their song back. That's right. <laughs> you know, so if if all your songs sound like the Eagles or, you know, John Denver or Johnny Mathis or Frank Sinatra, or, you know, who whoever it is, you're, you're going to really struggle. And so you, you have to look at the music you love growing up and go, OK, here's a little item that I could take and I could use and. Maybe I, I use the feel of that song, but I write something that's a lot more contemporary melodically and lyrically, you know? So I think most of us yeah. are blind to the the music that we grew up on and how much impact it has on our songs. You know, I've had people listen to some of my songs and go, oh, that sounds like James Taylor. I go, uh-oh, because, you know, I love James Taylor growing up, but I, I, I'm not pitching to him. You know, he's not looking for, for my songs. He's writing his own songs. Yeah. Um, did you, you want to have? I, no, I just follow up on that. You you also want to have your own style, and I I think people get confused when an A and R person is, for instance, in Nashville. They'll say, "Well, we're real. This group is really looking for '90s sounding country." I think people get confused because a lot of times the product they're really talking production. They want some you know spice from the '90s some elements from the 90s into this modern song. But things like melody and lyrics, I mean, 
are completely modern in their head of what they're asking for, but maybe they want to have like the background vocals sound like the Eagles and that's the way it's produced and the way it's arranged. Mm -hmm. That's not part of the song itself. So I think a lot of times people get confused when A&R says, hey, I want something that sounds like this and this and this, and they give them exactly that. And it's like, oh, well, that just sounds like the Eagles from the 80s or the 70s. That's not really what this band is about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing we're blind to often is our weaknesses. And for, for me, this one became apparent pretty early in my songwriting, you know, so once I got my writing deal, my publisher basically came to me and said, you know, son, you, you need to get with people that are better melodically because the, you know, a lot of the melodies you're writing are just not good. And that was hard to hear uh, because I wanted to be great at melody, but I, I think, you know, we, we have to really assess what we're good at and what we could be great at and sometimes let go of, the the other aspects you and I did a an event one time and you know we we explained you know not many people are world-class melody and lyric people and you know so we had people raise their hand or you know are you stronger with lyric are you stronger with melody and one guy stood up and said well what if you're great at both and and our answer was then your songs will be on the radio so if they're not then you have to go okay maybe there's some areas that I'm weak and I need to find people to work with that are better than I am in that regard. And, you know, so mm -hmm. doing this for 25 years, I've gotten a lot better melodically, but still every single day I write better if I'm with a great melody person like you or Martin Esler, or, you know, somebody that just really has that kind of a world-class strength in that area. So I think, you know, often, almost all the time i'd say you know we're we're a little bit blind to our weaknesses and we we're maybe a little overconfident and unwilling to admit that we have some shortcomings and and go find people that can help us in that regard yeah and you know also if you're stuck in a room writing and producing everything yourself you're missing out on one of the beauties of co-writing which is for instance i i feel like a lot of us like you said, our melody strong first, our lyric strong first. We come at it from that kind of approach. Um, some of us write both at the same time, but really, if we're honest, we're there's certain sides I think that that are stronger. But if, for instance, for myself, writing with Tia Sillers, um, who was a great lyricist. I learned so much about writing lyrics. It was it was amazing. Um, and that allowed me to show up and write with a major artist, you know, and, and write the lyrics and write a lot of the melody and, and do something because I had learned from her. And I think if you're in a room writing by yourself where you're doing everything and you think you're great at everything, you're not going to improve at your weaknesses. And I think that's the beauty of co-writing is it allows you to improve on your weaknesses so that you are a more well-rounded songwriter in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the last thing I would throw out is I, I think so many of us are blind to the way the music business works. Mm. And if you're trying to be in the music business, it's, it's really important that you learn how it works right. so that you understand 
situations that you get in. You understand, um, you know, I had a Songtown member this week say, hey, I'm really having trouble getting people to sign a split sheet, just, you know, saying, hey, here's here's our song, here's all our information, because mm-hmm. they don't understand why that's important, you know? So there's there's things about the business that you need to learn, and you can't just go, you know, I'm going to sit under a tree and wait for an apple of inspiration to fall on my head, and that's <laughs> going to be my interaction in the music business, you know? So I think it's really important to accelerate your learning of how the music business works if you're trying to get into it. That sounds like a great topic for our next episode, Marty. Let's let's talk about this. I, I've got some, because I think we do expect to go, a lot of times when we start out, we expect the music business to be one way and we find out it's another way and, and we've got to stop trying to put that square peg into the, the round hole. Hey, man, let's talk about our sponsor, Sweetwater. They've sponsored us for over a year now. We love them. I personally bought gear from them for 20 years. I know you have, too. And they give you a little bag of candy when you order something, which yes. is very cool. Oh, yes. Yeah. We love them. Check out the show notes, links to books, Clay and I have written, also to Songtown. And we will see you next time. <laughs>